Good morning, NFL fans, and welcome to another episode of Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. We're going to have a special double episode this week. This is part one of two parts of Monday Morning Huddle, the opening week for the NFL. The first game is on Thursday. That's between the Baltimore Ravens and the Denver Broncos. Sunday, we're going to have a a slate of games to watch, including Sunday night's game between the Giants and Cowboys. And then two games next Monday, but we'll be able to cover those uh, next week on on, uh, next week's show. Um, But uh, the the two-part episode that we're going to have this week, uh, the second part coming out on Thursday, we're going to preview the AFC and NFC. So uh, we're going to make finally make our playoff predictions. And uh, <laughs> if you go back and listen to my show last year, uh, my playoff predictions aren't normally too correct. So, it, But it's still fun to predict and um, everybody does it. So uh, I will be making AFC predictions today. I will start with the AFC East and West in segment number one. Segment number two will go to the North and South divisions. We will have a, a kind of mini fourth and long segment to end the the show in the third segment, but and then wrap up the AFC conference as a, as a whole. So uh, unfortunately. FN uh, reporter Cooper Allen could not join us on today's show. Our schedules did not uh, match up over the weekend, it being a busy weekend with Labor Day and all. But uh, he will be joining us for the NFC preview on Thursday. So uh, make sure that you listen to that. Uh, And I will be uh, kind of alluding to some of Cooper's uh, predictions in the AFC Cooper Allen and I have teamed up to to uh, write articles together. Our series is called First and Ten. So we spent the last week, week and a half, breaking down the AFC. And uh, the we're right in the middle of the NFC. The NFC East and West have been released. The West just came out on Sunday evening. And uh, the, the North will be coming out on Tuesday and the NFC South will come out along with that second part episode of Monday Morning Huddle on Thursday. So let's let's start with the AFC East. Cooper Allen and I both agree that uh, this is New England's division to lose. Um, well, we're going to break down each team like we did in the articles. I will break down. Unfortunately, Cooper's not here to break it down for you, but I can give a little bit of what he said in the articles, but definitely check them out on footballnation.com. You can find um, the the articles both on Cooper Allen's profile page and myself, uh, Dave Dave Holcomb page. So, like I said, in the AFC East, it is New England's division to lose, in my mind, Um, despite the fact that they don't have Aaron Hernandez as he was released from the team, Rob Gronkowski is going to be out for the start of the season, possibly on the PUP list now for the first six weeks. And they released Tim Tebow, who um, we'll get to a little bit later. It's not a show without Tim Tebow, right? Uh, so he is no longer on the Patriots. But with Tom Brady and for you fantasy players out there who haven't had your drafts yet, which I, I would commend you for not having your draft yet uh, as um, – Todd and Bill say on the the Football Nation radio show that's on every Tuesday and Thursday, schedule the draft as late as possible. So it it'll be it's good if you have not had your draft yet. But uh, it'll I'm assuming it'll be this week with the first game coming on Thursday. Um, for New England, there are some wide receivers. That as of a couple days ago, before I did a couple fantasy drafts, I had never heard of before. But they have, obviously, they added Danny Amendola, who's going to be the replacement for Wes Welker. And if he stays healthy, which he has had problems with in his career, but if he stays healthy, he can be just as effective, if not more effective, than Wes Welker. He's a bigger, faster version of him, to be honest. 
And uh, again, he's had problems remaining healthy. But if he can, he will be that number one uh, target for the Patriots. But a guy that I just learned about over the weekend, Kembrel Tompkins, is actually someone that has been on um, the Patriots' watch list, I'd say, all preseason. He's played really well in the third preseason game. He caught eight passes for 116 yards uh, from Tom Brady. And uh, Roto World reports that this guy, Tompkins, has been Brady's favorite target through the preseason. uh, Tompkins has 13 receptions for 142 yards in the three preseason games that he played in. This is just typical New England, finding a guy that is really an unheard of player He's an undrafted uh, rookie at 25 years old. Tompkins is going to start and by the end of the season could be one of the top receivers in the league. I say he gets 1,000 yards. Is that too high? Maybe. Maybe I should uh, limit my expectations. Um, He's on my fantasy. He's on both my fantasy teams, so he's someone that I'm hoping does very well. I got him very late in the draft, but... I think he's someone with Tom Brady throwing to him. If he's as good as Roto World reports, I think he's going to have a big season. And it's guys like this and the other guy I want to mention, wide receiver rookie Aaron Dobson, who I think a lot of people thought would start. But with the emergence of Tompkins, he, uh, Dobson is now the third guy. Um, and he will be he, – he's just being sprinkled in just a little bit with the first-team offense. So – uh, he probably won't be the starter. He'll play behind Tompkins, and he'll see the field because the Patriots play with and probably will play with more three wide receiver sets because they no longer have the two tight ends to play with. But um, I, I do believe that Tom Brady, whoever he's throwing to, he's going to make them better than they actually are. And I think that's that's what he's done through his whole career. And Brady is going to continue to do that. And as Cooper Allen said in his breakdown of New England in our article, it comes down to Tom Brady, obviously. But on offense, it's that offensive line for New England. On the left side, you have Nate Soldier and Logan Mankins protecting uh, Tom Brady's blind side, of course, on the left side. And they will establish that running game as well. With New England probably running more this season than they have in years past. Um, with Stevon Ridley and Shane Vereen. It's going to be very important for Soldier and Mankins to uh, make some holes up front. On defense, I I personally think that New England is still going to be a little spotty on defense. Uh, I think that's going to keep them from winning the Super Bowl, to be honest. They are still, I think they still will be a competitive offensive team, despite all their losses, because everyone's pointing to, oh, they, they don't have this player, they don't have that player on offense. What is Tom Brady going to do? He's still Tom Brady. He's going to make the receivers by him better. On defense, we've seen this for five-plus years now. New England will make the playoffs with Tom Brady in their offense, maybe even get a bye with a weak AFC. I think they will get a bye this year. Um, advance, win a playoff game, go to the AFC Championship, perhaps even the Super Bowl, but they can't win that championship because of that defense. They can't hold teams in in big games. And as Alex Reamer has um, alluded to on his podcast that comes out on Wednesdays, the Patriots can't win a game with their defense. If they can win games with their defense this year, then they might be the favorite in the AFC. But I am um, cautious to saying that this defense can win games for them. Uh, They have... Good players, but for whatever reason, under Bill Belichick the last few years, they haven't been able to put it together where they are as dominant as they were when they were winning Super Bowls over a decade ago. Believe it or not, it's been 10 years, actually, to be, to be exact, nine years since New England won a Super Bowl. And that's, that's hard to believe because they're a team that's always in the playoffs, so, but have not actually won the whole thing since 2004. For the rest of this division, I spent a lot of time on the Patriots, who I think is going to win the division. Cooper Allen agrees with me. Um, Let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Real quick, I think they're still a mess. Uh, Cooper is a little bit more optimistic about the Bills. I do think that C.J. Spiller and 
Stephon Gilmore are going to have good seasons and and play well. And if they play well enough, then maybe they make the Bills relevant in a in a weaker division. But it's it's very possible that this rookie undrafted free, uh, free agent Jeff Tool starts Week One at quarterback for the Bills. Kevin Cobb is out for the season with his concussion. Um, EJ Manuel is getting examined still, and the Bills don't really want to rush him back to start in a game that uh, on on opening weekend that, quite frankly, they're going to lose anyway because it's against the Patriots. So for the first time in NFL history, an undrafted rookie free agent could be starting week one. That's that's pretty unbelievable. And you have also a rookie head coach in the NFL. So this this looks like it's a mess in Buffalo. They have some positive sides. I will admit that uh, with with Spiller and Gilmore, like I said, but there's going to be a lot of Spiller on this offense, especially if Tool ends up starting. And I just don't see how the Bills are going to be a competitive team with, even with EJ Manuel, they're not going to be a competitive team this year. Rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, not much skills around, and not much skill players around him besides uh, perhaps a Spiller who could have a breakout season. An okay defense. Yeah, the Bills. The Bills still have a lot of work to do. The Jets talk about work to do. Um, they still don't really know who their starting quarterback is going to be. Mark Sanchez. I think they want it to be Mark Sanchez. At least Rex Ryan wants it to be, but. He um, is still day-to-day. It looks like it's actually worse than day-to-day. He could be out the first week with that shoulder injury that he suffered uh, in the third preseason game. Geno Smith looks like he's going to be the starter, but he threw three interceptions against the Giants, so I'm not exactly real high on him right now. Um, But we'll see. I think Geno Smith... Not that he's going to lead them to the playoffs, but I guess because we have... We haven't seen him play before. He might provide a spark, uh, might lead to some wins. He's, he's, he's a more dynamic player, maybe has some more upside than Sanchez. We've seen what you get from Sanchez. So, though Sanchez is a very inconsistent player, so maybe he goes back to the form he was at, at you know, in 2009-2010 when he was leading the team to championship games. Probably not. And I think the big thing with this squad doesn't really matter who plays a quarterback. There's no tools around him. There's really no offensive weapons at all. The defense is going to be solid. I think Rex Ryan will always have a good defense on his team. He's a good defensive coach. But on offense, there's nobody around. I mean, Santonio Holmes isn't going to play much. He's, he's not committed to this team. At running back, their starter is Chris Ivory. Really? And they, they, they have nobody else. They really have no one for Sanchez or Smith to throw to. No running backs. It's, it's, it's going to be a long season for the Jets. I, I think the Bills actually could finish behind the Jets. But uh, if New England, um, excuse me, if New, if New York, if the New York Jets finish anywhere above third, even in this week division, I will be very surprised. And that leaves the Miami Dolphins. Kind of been uh, mixed reviews, actually a lot of positive reviews for the Dolphins because of their big free agency uh, signings this this past spring and summer. I'm a little bit reluctant to say that they're going to be a good team. I've liked the way Ryan Tannehill has looked this preseason. It looks like he's made a lot of uh, improvements, and he was a forgotten guy last year. He's really the fourth-ranked quarterback. Well, I'm, I'm grouping in... Um, Colin Kaepernick, although um, Kaepernick, actually I'm not grouping in Colin Kaepernick, geez, um, the three rookies last year, Russell Wilson, RG3, and Andrew Luck, yeah, so Ryan Tannehill is really the fourth guy on that list, but he was taken in the top ten, don't forget, by the by the Dolphins, so he's gotten a lot better this this preseason, he still has Brian Hartline, his favorite target, and they brought in Mike Wallace. They did lose Dustin Keller for the season, though. And that running back situation looks really positive in Miami as well. Lamar Miller looks to be the starter. A lot of people are talking him up. Joe Philbin wants to keep him motivated and say that Daniel Thomas is still in the, the mix. 
but it's going to be Lamar Miller being the starter, and Daniel Thomas is a very viable backup, third down back perhaps, uh, for, for Miami. And that defense is not too bad either. So they, they, they added in some key players, bringing in Darnell Ellerby from the, the Super Bowl champs, also um, cornerback Brett, Ga- Brett Gimes. So this team looks to be improved, and I did not talk them up a whole lot in the article, uh, first and ten. I had them at second place along with Cooper. But thinking more about it and making my predictions for this show, I think Miami has a good chance of getting a wild card, especially in a weak AFC. We'll get to the other divisions, but uh, if, if I, I give you a little sneak preview, Houston in the south, Broncos in the west is what I'm going with. The North, still kind of a toss-up. Maybe we get two teams from the North, but I think there's still one other wildcard spot available. I'm not completely sold on Indianapolis returning to the playoffs. No one really in the West is, is has impressed me. I'm not on the Kansas City bandwagon this year. I think it could be Miami. They, they to me, could get a fifth or sixth seed in the AFC. Okay, let's go to that AFC uh, West now. We, we, we mentioned that I thought uh, Denver would win the division. Uh, Cooper Allen agrees with me, but I think Cooper thinks it's going to be a closer contested division than I do. He's really high on Kansas City, and a lot of people are. Um, with all the improvements they made, uh, bringing in Andy Reid and Alex Smith, uh, they have a solid defense on paper though they have had a solid defense on paper for a while, and they haven't really been able to stop people, especially in the running game. They finished 27th last year in in rushing yards allowed. So I'm not exactly up on Kansas City. I've been up on the Chiefs for a while. I think they were my pick to win the division last year in the AFC West. So I just maybe I'm holding a grudge here, but... I'm not going to pick them because they look made me look like an idiot last year. They won two games, and I picked them to win the, the division. So I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to end up being good. Uh, well, they're going to make a lot of improvements. Don't get me wrong. They could win as many as eight games, and that could be good enough for second place in this division. But I, I don't see them contending for a playoff spot. Unless you believe that sixth spot in the AFC gets in at 9-7, and seven, which is quite possible. Unless that happens, I, I don't see the Chiefs competing for a wild card, uh, wild card spot. In that situation, they could finish 8-8, eight and eight, and that sixth spot finish 9-7, and seven, then maybe it comes down to the last week. But other than that, I don't see the Chiefs, uh, again, I don't see them competing for January football. San Diego Chargers, kind of an interesting team, I think. To me, I'm I'm trying to figure out or determine if Philip Rivers is towards the end of his career and he's now on the downfall. We saw him really kind of fall off the table last year. All reports say that his arm strength, he, he's losing arm strength. Never really had a strong arm um, to begin with, although a lot of people say that he didn't have a strong arm because of that um, kind of weird windup that he has to throw the ball. Um, but kind of has that wind up and looks like he's throwing with all his body because perhaps he doesn't have the arm to to throw the ball. I think a key addition, though, for the Chargers going to the defensive side of the ball, Dwight Freeney, I think, is going to make this defense a lot better. They were ranked in the top 10 in yards allowed last year, and Freeney is going to put pressure on that quarterback and perhaps create a little bit more turnovers for the Chargers. I have San Diego finishing second. Again, I don't think they're as good as a Miami and could compete for a wild card. But I think they return to an 8-8, eight and eight, maybe an above 500 team. I think if you have Kansas City around 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight, San Diego could be around a 9-7. and seven. And perhaps, yeah, that, that could be good enough for a wild card. I don't think it will. I think Miami, if I got them at the wild card, they'll be at 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six perhaps. Uh, so that... I think you're going to have to win 10 games still to make the playoffs this year. So I don't have the char again. I don't have the Chargers in the playoffs, but I'm I'm higher on the Chargers than I am on the Chiefs. 
believe it or not. The Chiefs have some big names, new head coach, new new players, but the Chargers have a new head coach too, Mike McCoy. I think it, I would rather have Mike McCoy right now than Andy Reid as head coach. I know Reid has the history of being a great head coach, but maybe he's been around a little bit too long. McCoy is a guy that's going to have fresh ideas. It's his first time coaching as as a head coach in the NFL. I would rather I I'll always get more excited when a team hires a brand new head coach that has a lot of upside because he was a great coordinator than a guy that's than a team that's kind of taking a head coach that another team didn't want. But we'll see. I think both these teams will be battling for the second spot in the division. Cooper and I are in a, uh, an agreement that the Raiders will be in last, perhaps last in the conference. Raiders really not very good this season, will not be good. Perhaps they'll start uh, Terrell Pryor at quarterback, but kind of like the Jets, kind of like the Bills actually too. It doesn't really matter who they start at quarterback. It could be uh, Matt Flynn or Terrell Pryor. They don't have any weapons at all. They do have Darren McFadden, but he can't stay healthy. Hopefully for the Raiders and the NFL. I want to see this guy healthy for a full 16 games and 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 run the ball like he did in 2010. That's the last time he had a thousand yards rushing. For wide receivers, this team does not have much. Darius Moore, Rod Streeter, and Jacoby Ford. That's who they're counting on to bring in catches from Matt Flynn and Terrell Pryor. And the offensive line, quite frankly, isn't that good either. This is a team that I would not be surprised if if they win two games the whole season. I would be surprised if they win four or more. I'll put it that way. If they win more than four games, that is a huge accomplishment for Oakland this year. They just, on paper, worst team in the AFC. So, we didn't really talk about the Broncos, who I I think they're going to win the division. Cooper agrees with me. I think uh, if I had to ask Cooper how many games they were going to win, I think he would put them around 10 or 11, to be quite frank. I think that they're going to get closer to 12, maybe 13. Yes, the loss of Vaughn Miller and Elvis Dumerville through free agency are huge losses, but they don't have a very strong um, schedule. And they still have Peyton Manning. How many times do we see Peyton Manning in Indianapolis win? 12, 13, 14 games, and their defense would be in the bottom half of the league. For the first half of the season, they they actually do play some tough opponents. Uh, They play Baltimore to start the season, Dallas, and the Giants. So those are some tough games. But with Peyton Manning, Denver can win any single game. And he's going to be, unlike last year, where he started slow because he wasn't used to the new offense, and he was coming back from neck surgery. He's not coming back from surgery this year. He's used to uh, and on the same page as his receivers. They added Wes Welker. They have a better running attack this season with rookie Monte Ball and Ronnie Hillman improved. I think Denver, they could start the season 3-3, 4-2 if they drop a couple of those games against the Ravens, Cowboys, and Giants. But they're still going to win this division. I think they're still good for 12 wins. We saw them go on, what, an 11-game streak last year? 10, 11 wins in a row? I think you're going to see something similar this year when they get Von Miller back week 7. All right, we've done the AFC East and West. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back with the AFC North and South. Welcome back to Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. Don't forget, you can tweet at me, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B. You can also send me an email, holcombmdavid at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what you think about the show. We can have a conversation about any of these predictions I make or really anything football, college football as well. I watched a bunch of games and still have to watch a bunch of games that I saved on my DVR. So 
send me a tweet, send me a message. We can uh, start a conversation. So let's uh, go over now the NFC, uh, the NFC, the AFC North division, which honestly is the most interesting division in the American Football Conference this year. Uh, they obviously have the the Super Bowl winning. Uh, champions from last year, the Baltimore Ravens, but a lot of people don't think that they're going to win the division. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll get to the Ravens in a sec. I, I change my opinion on them seemingly every day. Uh, and then you, you got the, the, the perennial, really perennial power team, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, but had a down year last year. Looked like they could have another down year. They went 0-4 in the preseason, so that's something to look out for. Uh, this looks like to be Cincinnati's division. Uh, that is the team that Cooper picked to win the division, uh, to win the, the North, the the Bengals. And he, he sounds like he really likes the Bengals this season. A lot of people do, so I can't really argue too much with um, Cooper's, Cooper's pick. That's not my pick. But um, when you look at this team... They have A.J. Green, who's a stud at wide receiver. The running backs I like as well. I, I really like uh, Giovanni Bernard as the rookie running back. Uh, looks like maybe maybe if Le'Veon Bell is healthy, uh, the Steelers also have a very capable rookie running back, and perhaps those two, I, I think at least those two are the best of the 2013 running back class. But Bell is hurt right now, so it looks like Bernard is going to be that guy to, to lead that class, at least for rookie season. And on defense, the, the Bengals added uh, James Harrison and have some, some key guys that are coming back. They just signed a contract extension with Geno Atkins uh, to earlier Monday morning. So that uh, is, is key as well. It's almost like you know, it's kind of hard to find holes in this team. And maybe they're kind of the safe pick, which is... Sounds weird that the Bengals are the safe pick, but they are probably the team that has the least amount of holes to start the season. Now, Steelers and Ravens have obvious holes, especially the Steelers going 0-4 in the preseason. But I, I think the Bengals should not expect you know James Harrison to have a huge season. He's got to learn how to play in the 4-3. He's been a 3-4 linebacker his whole life and now he's playing in the 4-3. I don't really see that working out too much and James Harrison was a declining player last year. He's he's in his mid 30s. He's not exactly um a great great running a uh, great linebacker anymore. Um he's not I he's not going to make the pro bowl. He he might be a, a decent defender. Still, he might make a couple big plays. He might get to the quarterback and and hit somebody in the head, but he's not going to be the big splash player he was three or four years ago. He's just not. He's 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 older now, so I I think the expectations for him should be a little bit less in Cincinnati. And you know what could hold them back? The Bengals. I'm talking about Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Not that he looks bad, but he doesn't look as good as some of the other quarterbacks in the league. He doesn't look like he improved as much as some other guys like Ryan Tannehill, which surprises me. I I thought they're not from the same draft class. Uh, Dalton is a year older, but I thought that uh, Dalton would be a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill in his career. Um, Just, well, really because... Not that the Bengals have been a better franchise than the Dolphins, but the Bengals have been doing a better job of surrounding Dalton with pieces, especially A.J. Green. And they just drafted a, a tight end as well, uh, Tyler Efert. But Miami did a great job in the, in the in free agency. Mike Wallace is another guy that's a former Steeler that I think is a good player, but not as good as he thinks he is or not as good as some of the other teams perhaps Miami overpaid for him but they're going to he's going to be a good player with the dolphins so i think he will help them uh become a playoff team this year but for cincinnati dalton just hasn't improved as much as you would probably like and if the bengal's don't make the playoffs one the one advantage that the Ravens and Steelers still have over Cincinnati is the quarterback play. So 
that's I think going to be something to watch all season long. Let's go. Let's go with the Steelers now as the the next team to go over. I wrote an article. I wrote their game by game predictions uh, a few weeks ago before preseason really got started. I said that they could go eleven and five, perhaps even twelve and four. And I think Cooper's analysis of the Steelers is 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 spot on. Uh, in his first couple of sentences, he says a lot of people are writing them off while others are overrating them. Perhaps I'm overrating them a little bit. I, I'm I'm not you know I'm not 100 sure. I am definitely wary of the fact that they went 0 and 4 in the preseason. Does it really matter? No. But I can't remember the last time the Steelers went 0 and 4 in the preseason. I don't know if it's ever happened. I'm sure it's ha- I'm sure it happened at some point, but it's it hasn't happened recently where they did not win a preseason game. Again, does that matter? The wins in preseason? No, but. It's they, some of the games they got blown out too. In the last game against Carolina, the Panthers, not exactly the premier of the of the NFL, blew out the Steelers, and it was all the backups. But still, backups that could play if there's just a couple of injuries. So I mean, I guess yeah, not all the backups will play at the same time, but still. Uh, the Steelers have had a lot of injuries the last few years, so they could very easily have a few backups playing this year, a substantial time, and these guys got killed by the Panthers and did not look good against the Redskins. Um, the one thing for the Steelers that, again, was did not look good in the preseason, the thing that I wrote about in the 1st and 10 article and my game-by-game predictions the Steelers have to get better on the offensive line. And they look better on paper. They have Marquise Pouncey, who's been a Pro Bowl, multiple-time Pro Bowl center. David DeCastro, who was my breakout player for the division. He is somebody that, at offensive guard, could be really good. On the, on the end of the lines... Offensive tackles, Mike Adams and Marcus Gilbert were both second-round picks the last couple of seasons. So all these these names that the Steelers have, they spent high draft picks on them. So you would hope, that they're, they're hoping at least, that these guys are going to end up, you know, some of them being studs. I think Pouncey and DeCastro being studs, the two tackles being good enough and more than good enough. Good to borderline great offensive lineman. And the Steelers could have, with that rookie running back, Le'Veon Bell, have a great offensive line, reestablish the running game, and protect Roethlisberger. That was what they were hoping this season. And that's, if they could do that and still have a top five defense, why not? Why can't they win 11, 12 games? But we've seen in the preseason... That offensive line is not opening holes for that running game, is not keeping Ben Roethlisberger upright. Is They're making a lot of mistakes, committing a lot of penalties that end drives, push them back in long third and long, second and long situations. And with, with not a ton of weapons in the passing game, like lost Mike Wallace, Heath Miller is out with an injury for the first couple of weeks. It could be tough. If they are mistake prone on the offensive line, I, I did allude in the first and ten article. They're still a very young offensive line. They will have growing pains, but the they need to learn quickly. Though that being said, yes, they will have growing pains. But the faster they get it together, the better this team will be. I still think they could be a playoff team. I don't think that's an over over uh, exaggeration. I don't think that's overrating them, as Cooper put it. Um, but they got to get it together quickly on the offensive line and that defense. I can uh, mention them real quickly. They're gonna. I think they're gonna be a top five defense again. But the key to their season is creating turnovers, getting interceptions, sacking the quarterback, forcing fumbles, making the big plays again that they haven't done really since they went to the Super Bowl in 2010. They've been lacking that big play on defense that really has 
I would I would say that the Steelers are borderline not a dominant defense anymore. Yes, they're a top five defense. Yes, they're dominant in the sense that you can't move the ball against them. But because they don't get as many turnovers as they used to, they don't make big plays, they don't win as many games anymore on defense. With the offense turning the ball over and the, the turnover ratio worse for the Steelers, it's actually harder for them to win games because the, the defense is put in situations where they give up more points because the offense turns the ball over, giving the other team good field position. And the Steelers don't get good field position because they don't get turnovers. So I think on defense, they got to return to dominance and, and forcing turnovers. That rookie Jarvis Jones, first-round draft pick, I think is definitely going to help that. He is the replacement for James Harrison. Him with paired with Lamar Woodley. Steelers look like they're going to have a good season on defense, but it, the question is, how is that offensive line going to do? Is Ben Roethlisberger going to be healthy for a whole season? If that is true, and if Le'Veon Bell comes back by week five, week six, they have a bye week five, so by week six, and can be that workhorse starting running back, although they're going to bring him back slowly, they're not going to force him back very quickly with that injury, then uh, the Steelers are a playoff team. They have enough talent on the team to be a playoff team. We'll see how they do in the North, but I, I really believe that they can be a playoff team. And Baltimore is another really intriguing team. Uh, I think them and Pittsburgh are intriguing this season because te- because uh, so many people are writing them off. But Baltimore and Pittsburgh didn't talk about Pittsburgh's front office, but let's talk about Baltimore's front office. They let all those players go, and everybody talked about how much that they are going to miss those players on defense. They lost those role players. Da 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 da. da. They're going to those guys are going to go to other teams and be stars. Well, first off, I don't think they're going to go off and be stars at other teams because they were system guys in Baltimore. Now, are the Ravens going to miss Ed Reed and Ray Lewis? Absolutely, of course, of course they will, but. It was pretty clear last year. This is now Joe Flacco's team. This is now an offensive team. And that's why Joe Flacco got all that money. And all of the players that they let go, they let them go. They let them walk. They didn't try and re-sign any of those guys. Baltimore had money because they went out and signed Elvis Dumerville. So those were guys that they chose to walk. Similar to Pittsburgh with Mike Wallace and James Harrison. They let those guys walk. They didn't want them anymore. Did Would they have signed Wallace if the situation was right? Yes, I believe they would have. But they released James Harrison. They didn't want Harrison back. Mike Wallace kind of wore out his welcome. Wasn't really a fan favorite anymore. Held out last year. It just They weren't getting along in Pittsburgh. So they let Wallace walk. Still a talented player, but they didn't want him. These front offices know what they're doing. That's why, to me, to ride off the Ravens, the Super Bowl champs, and the Steelers, they know exactly what they're doing in the front office. It's just about are the players going to play, are they going to stay healthy, and are they going to play at the level that they are capable of and, and are held, are they going to play at the level that uh, the expectations from the front office have for them? And in the Steelers situation, I, I say yes. In Baltimore, I'm a little more hesitant, but I say yes as well. I'm not sure if Baltimore is a playoff team. If Pittsburgh's a playoff team, then Baltimore probably isn't. But if Pittsburgh is not, then I think Baltimore is. I, th- I think two, two teams from this division will make the playoffs. I actually think that the Bengals have a good chance, and then either the St- Steelers or Ravens will make it. I actually think either the Steelers or Ravens will win this division. And then the Bengals will get a wild card. But I'm not sure if it's going to be the Steelers or Ravens. I'm going to pick the Steelers. I picked the Steelers to go 11-5, 12-4. I picked them to finish first in the first and 10 article. So I'm going to stay with them. Uh, that might be a bad decision, but I'm going to stay with my, my pick from a few weeks ago. I have the right to, res- to change it a few weeks into the season. But for now, I'm not counting out Mike Tomlin's Steelers. I think they will get on the right track eventually. They also have a pretty weak division. Obviously, all these teams play the same teams. But Pittsburgh has the weakest uh, weakest schedule playing the third-place teams from last year. So they play the Titans 
and Raiders, while the Bengals have to play the Colts and Chargers, I believe, and then the the Ravens will have to play Denver and Houston. So that's much harder for Baltimore than for uh, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. So that will be in their advantage as well. But uh, we didn't mention uh, the Cleveland Browns. We should touch on them just briefly. They're going to be an improved team as well. They're not going to be a playoff team. Um, Cooper Allen surprised me. He has the Browns in third place. I'm not going to say who he has them finishing in front of, so go check out that article. But he has even higher expectations for the Browns than I do, but I do believe the Browns will be improved. They're going to be a better team. North Turner, now that offensive coordinator, he's going to get um, Brandon Whedon on the right track. I I still don't see the Browns continuing to get better and rebuilding with Brandon Whedon because he's 30 years old. He's almost as old as Ben Roethlisberger. And Roethlisberger's already been to three Super Bowls. So, and, and Whedon, it didn't exactly, he didn't exactly light up the scoreboard last year. If, it, if he was Andrew Luck last year, then I would say, okay, there's a chance, especially with this defense improving. But he didn't exactly impress in his rookie year. It, it could take him three or four years to get it together, which is fine, except that he's 30. By the time he gets together, he'll be 33. So that isn't exactly uh, a good thing for for uh, Cleveland. But they're going to be better this year. I put them around six, seven wins. Uh, and if they play better than that, they, they have a chance of finishing in third place, but I, I think they're going to still be in last because the other teams are very good in this division. But we'll see. Cooper and I uh, looking have different uh, outlooks on uh, the Cleveland Browns, but both of, both of us think that they will be better in 2013. All right, now let's go to the AFC South, the last division we have in this conference. Both of us are pretty much in agreement that this is the Houston Texans division. Uh, on, uh, on, I talked about the, the defense for Houston a lot more than I did the offense, but uh, Cooper kind of reassures me in his part of the, the article that they're going to be just fine on offense. I, I was kind of hesitant because of Arian Foster's uh, – Workload the last few years. It looks like he's a little banged up this season. Uh, is Matt Schaub really the real deal? Can he really lead this team to the Super Bowl? I think he can, and Cooper definitely thinks he can. Uh, but this defense is going to be top-notch again. J.J. Watt won the Defensive Player of the Year last year. He has goals to be even better this year, and I think he could be. Last year he played most of the season with a uh, torn ligament in his elbow and he still had 20.5 sacks, 23.5 tackles for a loss, and swatted 16 passes away. So his goal is to increase both of those numbers, uh, break the, the single-season sack record, uh, and at 24 years old and completely healthy, he definitely can. And you know, Houston has some other big players on defense, and they added Ed Reed, so he's going to add a veteran presence Reed is a little bit older now, but a veteran presence that's definitely going to help come January when they play New England and Denver. Um, Ed Reed was on the Ravens last year, and they beat both those teams to go to the Super Bowl. So that experience is really going to help this team. Um, As far as on offense, go back to it real quickly. Andre Johnson is another guy. Is he going to be healthy the whole season? Well, I, I think so. He's not as good as he used to be, uh, kind of maybe, you know, not not in his prime anymore. But they added a first-round pick, DeAndre Hopkins, to play next to Johnson. Johnson has never really played with another capable wide receiver, so if that rookie can step in and be a, a, a big target his rookie year, then Houston will have a, a, a good, very good offense, I'd say, and are the key – favorites in the AFC South. Now, the rest of these teams, I think even the Colts, the rest of these teams are really kind of jumbled. I I mean, the Colts are one step ahead of the Jaguars and Titans, but the Colts, we talked about with uh, Michael Quinn, uh, I guess that was last week, last week, that 
the Colts could be a good team again, and he had them finishing in front of Houston in the AFC South. I'm just not sold on the Colts. I think they're actually a team that could miss the playoffs this year. They are a team that surprised last year. They had a weak schedule. They had a, they had to come back in a lot of uh, fourth quarters to win games. They were inspired by Chuck uh, Pagano's uh, situation with his cancer. I don't think they have the same spark this year. I don't think they have the same motivation to win games for their head coach. And I don't think they're going to make as many comebacks. Last year was kind of just a miracle season for them. That's the way Cooper said it. I, I said that they were the NFL's darling team, kind of caught lightning in a bottle. I don't think they're going to do that again this year. And they're going to fall back a little bit, maybe finish around 500. Uh, I think Andrew Luck could be better than he was last year. I think he'll make improvements. But overall, the team, they also lost Dwight Freeney, don't forget. So they are not going to put as much pressure on the quarterback. This team, I think, comes back a little, finishes around 500 with seven, eight, or nine wins. And I think they're just going to miss the playoffs, just miss the wild card with Houston winning maybe 12 13 games. The other two teams are going to... I mean, I'd be surprised if they win six or seven games, especially the Jaguars. Blaine Gabbard doesn't look like he's the, the solution in Jacksonville. Uh, he's... I think this is his last year. If he doesn't show major signs of improvement, which he hasn't yet, he'll be out and the Jaguars will pick a quarterback in early in the early draft next year and they'll probably have a top five pick. The Titans... It could be Mike uh, Munchuk's uh, final year. He's kind of on the hot seat. They finished six and ten last year. It's now his third year. So if he doesn't finish with eight nine wins, I think he could be gone. I don't think they're going to finish with eight or nine wins, especially with their quarterback situation. Jake Locker is another guy that I don't know. It doesn't exactly look like he is the solution there. Maybe he buys another year after this season. But uh, the Titans, I don't think, are going to be improved enough to be in playoff contention in uh, the AFC. Okay, we're going to take another quick break. We'll come back with a couple of statements for the uh, fourth and long segment, and then we'll make playoff predictions in the AFC. Welcome back to Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. We just spent the last 45-plus minutes uh, going breaking down all four divisions in the AFC. I have one statement for the fourth and long segment, but then we're going to uh, break down the, the playoffs in uh, the AFC and then pick who is going to represent the conference in the Super Bowl. But first, got to talk about Tim Tebow, right? <laughs> My statement... After uh, well, this past weekend, Tim Tebow released from the New England Patriots, my statement, Tim Tebow will never play in the NFL again. I know, very dramatic. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, grunt on this. I, I don't see him playing in the league again. You know, I, would, I was explaining this to a friend over the weekend. It's kind of a shame. I think all of the media hoopla about Tebow actually hurts him because I think teams would be willing to take a chance on him and be willing to have him in their locker room because he is a positive presence for the team. We saw that in Denver. He's a positive presence. He makes the rest of his team better. But for any team that signs him, there's just going to be – it's just a circus wherever Tim Tebow goes. And if he goes to another team, even if he, go, if he goes to a playoff team, the, the talk is about how they're going to use him. Are they going to use him as a fullback? Is he going to be a tight end? Is he a, just a backup quarterback? This, that, blah, 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 blah. But then if he goes to a team that maybe is a borderline um, playoff team or a team that's trying to get better and they're using him for his locker room presence, it – has the adverse effect because 
They bring in all this unnecessary media attention and distractions. He's a distraction, to put it plainly. And teams don't want distractions. I think that's part of the reason why New England didn't want him. Yeah, they released him because he didn't play well in the preseason. That's true. But I still think that Tim Tebow is a good enough football player to have a job somewhere in the NFL. He was just too good in college. He is too good of a football mind. He's too good of a person and a player to not have a job. And I'm not somebody that loves Tim Tebow. I don't. I I really don't like the guy. Uh, I think he's annoying. But it's not really him that's annoying. It's the media that covers him. So in a way, I feel bad because I think the media – at this point, I think the media has had a huge influence on the fact that he doesn't have a job. The Jaguars, I think they'd get him. I think they would sign Tebow and sell tickets like crazy. I know people that would buy Jaguar season tickets if Tim Tebow was on the team. But they don't get him because, well, one, he's not that good. He wouldn't be the starter even with playing Gabbert and Chad Henney. And two, it's just too much media coverage. It would be bad publicity for the Jaguars if he comes and doesn't start or comes and starts and doesn't play. It's un- it's a distraction. So actually the Jaguars, I think, made a good decision in not bringing him in. But I, I do think it's a shame. A huge reason why he's not on a team is because of that media coverage. And I'm giving him more coverage right now. But I think he should... He's not. He's just not really a story. He's just not really a story anymore. But it's kind of. It's a shame. It's just. I'll leave it at that. He, he should have a job. He's good enough to get paid to play football. At least the league minimum. Okay, so that's the end of our very short fourth and long segment. Let's get back to breaking down the AFC. Uh, we will not hear what Cooper Allen thinks about the the, the AFC. Uh, and the playoffs, we did not cover the playoffs in the first and ten articles. Maybe we'll get uh, Cooper to at least say who he thinks will represent the conference in the Super Bowl on Thursday when he comes on the show for our uh, second part. But for me, okay, this is how I see it going. Kind of alluded to it in the prior two segments, but the number one seed, I still think it's going to be Denver. To be honest, I think Denver is the team to beat here. Even without Von Miller for a few weeks. And no Elvis Doomerville this year. Peyton Manning going to win games, and the defense will get it together. They're the number one team. Two, you know, I think I might have gone with the Steelers a few weeks ago, but they played so bad in the preseason. I'm not ready to ride them off as division champs, but they're not going to get a bye. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. I think Houston is in the in the next weakest division. I actually, well, the a, the bottom of the AFC. East is pretty bad. We, we've gone over that. But think about it. The Jaguars and Titans, not much better. <laughs> Jaguars are right in the same class with the Bills and the, 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 the Jets. So Texans not playing tough opponents either. And I think the Dolphins are going to be better, with the Col- better than the Colts. So the Patriots maybe split with the Dolphins. Texans might be able to take both from the Colts, go 6-0 in the division. Texans, I, I, I say, got the second seed. New England, third seed. Pittsburgh, I got winning the North. Fourth seed. I think the, the North has the best division. They're going to beat up on each other. The winner, whoever it is, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, get the fourth seed. I'm picking Pitts, Pittsburgh. Wild cards now. I'm going to have Cincinnati at the five spot and Miami at six. And... I think my I think Cincinnati will be better than Miami, but the reason why I'm picking it in that order is because I set up two really good opening uh, wild card uh, playoff games: Pittsburgh hosting Cincinnati, and then New England hosting Miami. And I think both those teams will split during the regular season, probably split the home and away. Although Pittsburgh, uh, Cincinnati has a knack for winning in Pittsburgh, and the Steelers haven't lost much in Ohio, so. Maybe maybe it'll be opposite, but um, those will be two exciting playoff games the first weekend if that happens. 
I'm not going to predict who's going to win each game because, I mean, more than likely those games are not going to actually happen. But um, I think New England will probably advance just because they're the Patriots. In one game, one playoff game, Bengals and Steelers, it's hard not to pick against – it's hard to pick against the experience in Pittsburgh. But I guess the question here is, is Cincinnati going to win a playoff game? And a lot of people are saying, yes, they're going to take another step forward, win a playoff game. I don't know. Um, I'm just going to have to say no. There's still the Bengals. Uh, and the, and if the Bengals win a playoff game, that means, that really means, unless they get a bye, which I think is unlikely, Baltimore and Pittsburgh are, neither one of those teams will advance to the second round of the playoffs. Right? I mean, that means if the Bengals win a playoff game, I mean, I guess if, there's a situation that Baltimore-Pittsburgh could be in the other wild card game. Say Pittsburgh plays Miami. Pittsburgh could beat Miami and Cincinnati could beat New England. Okay. I guess that's possible. But I don't know. I'm just going to have to say no. At this point, based on the predictions I've already made, I, I don't have Cincinnati winning the division. I don't think they're going to win a road playoff game. I don't think Andy Dalton is ready to win a road playoff game. Um, maybe he makes improvements this season and he can win a road playoff game. Maybe they get a whole playoff game if they win the division. But Cincinnati has not won a playoff game in what? Since the, this is the early 90s, I think. They've, they've had success in getting to the playoffs more than people think. They won the division in 2005. They won it in 2009. They've been a wildcard team the last two years. Since 2009, they've been in the playoffs three times. That's more than... A lot of teams, but I, I, I don't think I, I don't think they're ready to make another step forward. I don't know. We'll see how the, the regular season goes. But for now, I'm going to say no playoff wins for Cincinnati. Still, next round, uh, I guess I'll just pick my championship game. I think it'll be Denver and Houston. I think if New England doesn't have a home game, if they have to go on the road in the second. Weekend, I think Denver will win the division round this year. They lost a heartbreaker last year. And I like Houston. And in the championship game, Texans-Broncos, obviously it's going to be heavily influenced by who's the home team. I'm going to go with Denver. I've said Denver really all preseason long. I picked Houston last year to go to the Super Bowl, and they let me down. Though they went pretty far. Um, I think Houston has a good chance again. They've been a team that I've been liking more and more as the preseason goes. But I'm going to stay with Denver. Uh, Houston, I still have doubts about whether they can stay healthy and Foster and Johnson. Is Matt Schaub, can he compete with guys like Manning and Brady? Their defense is obviously going to be the best. But still, it's a quarterback-driven league. New England... They have a lot of obvious holes on defense. Are those wide receivers actually going to be as good as I said they would be? I think so, but I don't want to put them in the Super Bowl. AFC North, kind of a toss-up on who's going to win the division. It's hard to put any of them in the Super Bowl. Denver. Denver's my team for now. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap up today's show. Here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle, your host Dave Holcomb. We had an action-packed hour predicting AFC. We ha- I have the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl from the conference. So that's all we have. We will be back, though, on Thursday with Cooper Allen. We will be going over the NFC. Make sure to check out our first and ten stories. Breaking down each division goes more in-depth than I did today. 
And we also actually have uh, a list of MVP and breakout players from uh, each division. So check those out. I didn't touch upon those in our hour. Uh, but make sure you check out those. And there's all kinds of great stuff on the site, of course, with football starting, college started. Um, so check out uh, authors like Justin Henry, Tom Paulin, uh, Michael Quinn. Those are just a couple. Um, those are guys that we've had on the show as well, uh, two of them in the last couple of weeks. that uh, they, they produce some really great stuff, so check out that as well. And don't forget the other podcasts and radio shows, uh, FN Radio on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Bell Enright and Todd DeFries and Alex Reamers, FN Today on Wednesdays. Cooper Allen will be with us Thursday. But until then, I'm going to try and find some peace in my mind. <laughs>